matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. What's up guys and gals, welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks Podcast, I'm your host Trashmouth, and this week I have three guests, all from one of my personal favorite films of 2020, Uncle Peckerhead. My three guests this week are Matthew Lawrence, the writer and director of the film, as well as the stars of the film, Dave Littleton, who plays the role of Uncle Peck, and Jeff Riddle, who plays the role of Max, as well as wrote all the music for the film. If you haven't watched that yet, I highly recommend it, and it's available on Amazon Prime if you have an account for that, and it's also available on Tubi, which is 100% free, so you can check it out up there as well. And I also want to let you guys know that the Patreon is fully launched and available now, so if you want to go sign up for that $2 tier, the bonus episode is up now where me and Eric Claxon of the bands I Am and Sledge discuss the Cronenberg classic, Videodrome. And I want to shout out my first two Patreons, Chris Markle and Billy Bollinger. Thank you guys for signing up and for all your support. You guys make this all worthwhile, so thank you so much. So don't forget to go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and here's the interview. How's it going, guys? Yo. Good. Oh my God, Dave, I love your background. <laughs> yes. More importantly, the shirt. Hell yeah. Dude. Love and it. The shirt. Appreciate you guys for coming on the show. Thanks for having us, Tim. Yeah. Oh, of course. Wait, look, film daddy shaved. I know. <laughs> so did film baby. I know. I was about to say, all y'all pretty much took care of the beards. I saw on yours <laughs> the transformation. Uh, how recent was that, Matt? Uh, it was yesterday. Yesterday, oh, yeah. I, I went to the groomer and got groomed. <laughs> I don't blame you. Oh, man. I stopped getting the beard groomed because of the mask mandate. So I was like, ah, I'll just start paying back for that after the mask thing because it just fucks <laughs> it up anyways. So. Yeah, my I had uh, I just got off of a meeting with coworkers, and when I first signed on, they were like, they didn't recognize me. <laughs> they only know me as having this huge beard. They called security. <laughs> Is that the caveman from the Geico commercials? But. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. We can start with uh, talking about Uncle Peckerhead a little bit. And then at the end, you know, we'll switch up to talking about, you know, just your guys' opinions overall, music and horror movies and stuff. But uh, awesome. so we can start with you, Matt. And then, you know, as the story goes on, if you guys want to jump in, you know, Jeff and Dave. So pretty much just tell me, you know, where the idea for Uncle Peckerhead like came to be. If you don't mind, start the story from, you know, where the idea came, but just go to like when it actually started to be, you know, become a, like a, okay, now we're actually going to film this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I guess like the seedling of an idea was uh, I had kind of written up and I was pitching this like adult swim style TV show that was like kind of it was like kind of like your your typical 90s sitcom. And it was about like these three punk kids living in this like derelict punk house with this hillbilly tweaker that was like, you know, 30 years their senior. And you never explained why we never explained like how this tweaker was living with them. But I always described it as kind of like a punk rock full house meets a, a redneck Mr. Belvedere. And I'd been pitching that. And during that time, I was like making short films. I was producing short films, uh, mainly in the genre of horror. And my girlfriend, now my wife at the time, and I went to uh, this, uh, I won't name the film festival, but we went. And some of the films were great. But the one thing that I kind of we were we were remarking on throughout the entire experience is there were no like really great midnight movies. 
like yeah. no kind of like no like of your like brain deads or your evil dead twos like nothing that kind of got the crowd really amped there were some really great kind of like kind of like serious uh, you know kind of dark stuff which which there's always kind of a time and an audience for that but we felt that you know there was a crowd that was being underserved for like the midnight movies so on the last night of the festival we got like really drunk at this bar and i was like I really want to make kind of this this batshit midnight movie. And that's kind of where it started is I kind of took this idea that I'd been developing for this adult swim show, which really didn't have any of the horror elements. And I just kind of like built it out from there. And pretty early on, I got in touch with Jeff because Jeff and I had worked on uh, my short film before that, Larry Gun Demon. And I knew music was going to be a huge part. And I loved loved Jeff as as a musician and as a writer. And I asked him one if he wanted to be in this, and two if he'd be if he'd be willing to write the music. So while I was writing the script, uh, Jeff was writing a lot of the a lot of the tunes that you hear. Oh yeah, and was that intimidating for you, Jeff? You know, uh, writing tunes for your first movie and it being a like a feature length, you know, film and everything like that. Yeah, it was definitely di- you know I've never done anything like that before. Sort of written um, outside of myself or for like you know a fictional band or you know. Not, I don't want to say writing to a script, but kind of, I mean, that kind of give you an idea of, you know, Matt kind of sent me like rough drafts of the script and it would be like, here's where song one is happening. So it was, it was honestly really kind of fun to A, write for a fictional band, but then also be like, all right, well, this is what is happening in this scene. And then that kind of like, you know, shapes the mood of a, of a song, like the tone of it or something, you know? Yeah. It's almost like writing a concept album in a different yeah. And I mean, cause you know, some like there are certain things like, yeah. And it was intimidating though, too. Cause you, you want it to be good and you know, you don't want the music to fall flat, but um, things like the first song you hear in the movie, you're like, well, this is the first time they're going to hear what this band sounds like. So that yeah. needs to set the tone for the rest of the movie. So yeah. I felt like, you know, coming out of the gate, kind of swinging with the first song, you know, that, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. No, I'm definitely, uh, I'm right there with you. I'm a fan of the music as well, Matt. So. I definitely enjoy the music, so I can understand exactly why, you know, you picked Jeff right off the bat just from hearing him, you know, you know, his stuff before. Uh, did you do any music for the short film, uh, Larry uh, Gone Demon, or? Do you say yeah. for or b- before? For it. I know you were, like, playing oh, music oh. And stuff before, but. No, not me personally. No, I did not. Okay. Yeah, I tried to find it, but I couldn't find anywhere to watch, so I haven't actually seen it. I saw the trailer for it on YouTube, but. Yeah, on the Blu-ray. It's it's on the Blu-ray, but it's also okay. yep. it's also you can watch it for free on Vimeo. Um, so if you just search like Larry Gun Demon Vimeo, it should be up there. Well, I can wait for the Blu-ray because uh, I have it. Like I ordered it, but I ordered it through Dread Central, so it's just taking a second to get here. But uh, yeah. I did order it, so thank you. Awesome. Oh yeah, and I, I actually work at a movie theater, so I can go in and watch Blu-rays when I want to. What? So. Oh nice! Uh, yeah, I might watch it on the Blu-ray in there. Tim, by Tim invite us over. Bring us. The way it should be seen. Yo, I have not been. <laughs> I have not been in a movie theater in a year, over a year now. And uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. It was kind of a weird thing with this movie. Like, we're all so glad that it came out and people have gotten to see it and like the response to it. But I was like, man, I've never really watched this. I've never seen this movie in a theater. I've never seen our own finished version of this movie in a theater before. So that's kind of a, a wild thing, too, when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, we've only seen it once. One showing in one fucking theater. I yeah. mean, again, you like, guys, things could be... David and Wiki saw finished. You got to see it at Panic Fest. Yeah, like, one time. You know, right. I, 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 I got to see, like, a, 
not a finished cut and we did like and that was like a year before like a friends and family screening which was rad but yeah i've never seen the finished movie in a theater yeah damn that's crazy is that something that you'd like to try to do matt after covid like clears up as maybe do a theatrical run or are you kind of hoping that you're already on to your next project by then I mean, I like I'm I'm hoping that we're on to the next project, but I would love I, I would love to uh, to do like a proper even even if it's not like a theatrical run per se, but doing like a few one offs in like yeah. different cities, um, because that's I mean, like the like just going back to that 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 first story is that's kind of why I I initially thought about making this movie is. I want that that movie that you're like, you know, you're a few drinks in with your friends. Maybe you've, you've smoked some weed and you're just like hanging out like with like a bunch of strangers in a big dark room, kind of taking in this this wild kind of batshit adventure of these punk kids and this this redneck roadie. Yeah. Now, I was just having a conversation the other day uh, with one of my guests and we were talking about how like dialogue and films and stuff like that aren't even like even that stuff isn't really fun in horror movies anymore because it's all trying to be so serious. So. Like, I definitely understand where you're coming from. It was really fun to see that. And especially with everybody who, you know, plays punk music or hardcore music to kind of, you know, be able to relate to that part as well. It was fun. So like with all the band names, like Turd Toilet and uh, <laughs> Queef Queens and stuff like that. So. Acid Cat. <laughs> piss Face. Uh, yeah, uh, Piss Face was the rivals, if I'm not mistaken. That's no, right. that's D- Dominion Rising. Oh, Dominion Rising. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, that's probably one of my favorite scenes is their performance for sure. <laughs> but, oh uh, so the whole cast is excellent, but uh, Dave, I got to say, though, man, you're a gym in this film. How do you how did you come into the picture? So I was doing a play down in Florida and I saw the notice for the audition. Yeah. And I was already playing a, a southern character down there. I was playing a coal miner. Mm. And um, so I, I saw the the notice for and I, I'm not one of those actors who are in horror movies who are like, oh, I can't watch it. I fucking love horror movies. Hell yeah. I love every kind of horror movie. So when I saw the notice for a horror movie um, and the guy was Southern, I was like, oh man, I got to get on board this. So I, after a performance one night, a girl and I just put put the, the diner scene on tape and um, sent it off. And the whole time, you know, I had read it a few times, but as she was reading it, every time we would finish, she would just be, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this movie? But yeah, I, I sent it in to them. And then I, it was at the tail end of the production. So I was able to uh, head back to New York where I live. And we did a chemistry read with all the people that you see in the film. And the rest is history. Hell yeah. And that I have to guess that was your first time dealing with makeup as well. How was that like going under the chair for some of that stuff? You know, it, it wasn't so bad. Jared and Sean were really fantastic. And oh, yeah. uh, Matt was very smart about scheduling the, the film. And so we did all the gore stuff and makeup stuff in the last uh, week of shooting. Okay. And so the first time I was in the chair, it was maybe uh, an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. And by the time we were shooting the last day, they could get it done in like 50 minutes, you know, a little under an hour. Yeah, I think actually I had it easy compared to Matt's brother, Mike, uh, probably had the longest makeup. He was the corpse at the very, very beginning. Yeah, with a jaw rip. <laughs> exactly. And and that probably took two and a half hours, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a long setup. And it's also one of those things where you, it, like since it's your brother, you're just like, oh, it's nothing like it'll be like an hour. You'll be in and out. <laughs> He was a trooper. Family members. 
<laughs> yeah, three hours in, he's cutting his ass at you like you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I remember the night that his brother Mike was getting that on, and it was like I was like sitting next. I kind of felt like I was holding his hand a little bit, but like because like we're just sitting next to each other talking, we're good friends too. But like then I would start talking to other people. We were sitting on like the back of this loading dock. I think it was behind your mom's school that she ta- taught at. Yeah, and. uh I would forget, man, because Mike was just laying there being still and they had this thing on his face and I just would forget that there was a person in there and you would move. You'd be like, can you hear me? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I was actually surprised when I saw that he was credited as that because I was like, uh, what the fuck? I thought that was just a prosthetic body laying there in the back. <laughs> yeah, no, that was yeah. a real dude. No, that's awesome. But uh, so and Jeff, they covered you in shit and blood. Uh, what uh, did they tell you what that was like? Did they tell you what that was? And, you know, how was that? Was that fun? Yeah, that was um that was actually not makeup. So that was <laughs> you know the thing is like you know I didn't have as much makeup uh, as everybody else did, but they they do makeup to you before they shoot. And like yeah. when I saw our makeup person pull out a like a belt sander, they're like, yeah, we have a lot of work to do on you actually. <laughs> so just to make you know to make this look good <laughs> or you know presentable. The, they uh, no, was that a can That was actually a blast because. I mean, you know, I'm sure a lot of people would like being just blasted with that stuff, but yeah. it was it was rad. And for for Ruby and I, that was our last scene that we shot was, you okay. know, not to I don't know if you're doing spoilers, so I don't want to reveal too much. But I mean, it's a bloody yeah, movie. Do. We get covered in blood at some point. And um, and yeah, for us, that was our last our last day. And so that was awesome. That was like a cathartic like, you know, everybody was tired and uh, we got just blasted. And yeah. so if it was, it was a really cool like way to end it. It was like everybody cheered afterwards and we like got pictures with the crew. And so, yeah, that was, I, I really did enjoy that a lot. Oh yeah. Would you I, say that? I would, I would say the weirdest makeup moment was probably like uh, a month before we shot the film, one of the producers who is also an actor in the film and then Mike who plays the corpse at the beginning. And I went upstate to Jared's uh, studio and you, you get for these like mask components, you just get covered in this goo. They stick straws up your nose and you're just covered in this goo. And you have to like sit there basically with this goo all over you for like a good 15, 20 minutes while it sets. And that's a very weird feeling. And then they cut it off you. Yeah, I'd be screaming. You'd just yeah. sound like Kenny from South Park dying. <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> Let me the fuck out. <laughs> Claustrophobia would get to my ass. But so we can do soft, like we can do like soft spoilers. I don't want to spoil the like actual ending, you know, because uh, just in case somebody hasn't seen it. But I will say that I'm going to like highly recommend people see it at the beginning, like in the intro, you know, of the episode and stuff like that. So so would you say that the uh, the poop scene and like I said, I won't go into too much detail to not spoil it too much. But uh, would you say that that was your favorite scene to shoot because it was your final one and it was just so fun? Or is there another one that actually stands out for you? Are you asking me? Per- yeah. me? Yes, my bad. Oh, okay, so yeah, the poop. The poop was not my last scene. <laughs> oh, my bad. I thought <laughs> you one, no, that one was another. I just kind of forgot. Yeah, that was another one we got like sprayed. Um, no, that was great. I mean, you know. That was that was awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. My it's hard to say what my my favorite scene to shoot was. Yeah, I know the one that because that that one has Ryan Conrath. Shout out to Ryan who played Shiloh and Dominion Rising in it. So that's great. I mean, any scene with Ryan's hilarious. He's a hilarious dude, but he's also I mean, he's legit like a good actor. 
Yeah. And so, uh, and he was also our like line producer on the movie, which is, you know, everybody was wearing a bunch of different hats on a, like a, an independent small film. And, uh, and he kept, you know, be all jokes aside, uh, like when he was doing just, he would act and, you know, for sometimes eight hours in a day or something, but then in between takes be like on a cell phone, like pulling his hair out and shaking smoking. Or ordering food and taking care of all yeah. of that. Just yeah. being like, oh God, the, the person at the next location won't answer their phone. So yeah, shout out to Ryan Conrath, man. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And what about you, Dave? Would you say you have a favorite scene that, uh, that you shot? I, I have a few. I, I like the diner scene just because uh, we used it for auditions and yeah. when it was finally time to shoot it. I didn't feel like I knew it pretty well. Um, so that was nice. Um, oh, yeah. I, there's a, a scene with Chet where we are on the balcony of a hotel and she's, and we're finally kind of getting close to breaking the ice and talking it out. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was shot really beautifully by Kyle and Mike, our uh, DPs. And I, I enjoyed that because I, I love working with Chet. She's, she's a, uh, a really amazing actress. There was one scene when, uh, you know, when, when you do these projects, you get a snippet, you know, you just get to see a little and then they send you the full script. Mm -hmm. And uh, the poopage scene, I had to have a couple of calls with, uh, with Matt just to, to make sure, like, I had this nightmare vision of if my career ever had any traction when I died, like the shit scene from Uncle Peckerhead would be the one that played on CNN like for yeah. 48 <laughs> hours. So uh, but be sure to be done fun. And it and it looks fun on screen. I mean it's it's luckily I'm not embarrassed of anything in the movie. So yeah I was uh rewatching the movie uh this morning actually and uh my mom had brought me a burrito and so we were sitting there eating it and she was <laughs> she was watching the movie with me a little bit and she's like what's this about and i was like oh it's about a punk band that you know their roadies you know i just kind of like simplified it for her. i was like it's the roadie turns into a monster at midnight every night i was like and they've just kind of been keeping it at bay with you know um medicine and shit so like uh with heroin <laughs> well she wasn't uh because she walked in like uh right before like you guys played the show uh with and forgive me if I get the name wrong, but Dominion Rising, right? Is what it's, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Right before y'all played the show with them and then like, you you know, bunked up together and everything and then went to, so I just kind of quickly explained it for her, but I'll, she looks over at me and she's like, oh, Peck's going to kill him, isn't she? I was like, I'm just glad you finished that burrito is what I told her. I was like, because I don't know if you'd be able to uh, finish it after that or you'd be mad at me at least for letting you continue to eat it. <laughs> but... But, and that's a small, uh, I'll put a, like I said, I'll put a small spoiler blurt at the beginning. Cause like I said, I just kind of talked about a scene, but I won't spoil the ending. Cause it's a, uh, it's a good one for sure. I will say though, that uh, I like, it's funny to me that you said, Matt, that uh, this was supposed to be kind of based off of a TV show idea, because what's funny to me is I was always thinking that the perfect treatment for uncle Peckerhead going forward would be like, to kind of give it the evil dead two treatment and use like the first half of the movie as like a pilot. And then, carry on with you know like just adventures with uncle peckerhead for a series pretty much Dude, that, that would be the dream that would be such a dream to do this yeah. as a series yeah i mean just it kind of like a uh, a scooby-doo of the these kids getting into misadventures with their their monster roadie but yeah i mean that would it, it was such like you know making a, a micro budget 
uh, film, it's like, it's so taxing. I mean, there are worse things to do with your time and your money, but um, it's so taxing, but like, like David said, like working with the actors, it's like, we had such a great cast and crew that it, it would beyond being able to kind of continue to tell this story and kind of continue to have these characters breathe life into these characters, just being able to work with everyone again. Um, Because like I legitimately outside of movie making, like love to work, like love to hang out and, you know, act like a, a moron with, with most of the cast and crew. So it would be, it would be like, you know, bucket list hell yeah i know this is matt's baby and vision uh so this is just like a a fantasy of mine too i always like i always envision that too and Mm. i know it probably could never even work with all this stuff that happens in the world and like i just i can't even imagine like logistically how it would come together but i always imagine it seriously like a 90s stage show like yeah like (laughs) i swear to god that's that would be my dream. And if, if it wasn't Uncle Peckerhead, something else. But I kind of imagine Uncle Peckerhead falling into that, you know, where we could do some like immersive experience. Yeah. You know, the performance. Bring, bring the audience into yeah. it. Like, and I don't know if, like, not to get too far off on this, but um, did anybody see the uh, the Fresh Prince like special? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I loved it. I thought it was great. And yeah. it was cool. It showed what I never knew. It just showed how they they had like such a relationship with their audience and those live shows. They were like, man, it was like a party. They're like Will Smith would come out and like amp the crowd up and like they like run through the crowd and like get everybody amped and like just, you know, like wink at them, like, you know, off camera and that kind of stuff. And just I don't know, man, I just um, if we ever got to do something like that, I would uh, I would die happy. Uncle Peckerhead would be the gore of uh, yeah. the last Hell yeah. yeah. We're going to cover the crowd and shit and blood. Too. We'd, have a, we'd have a lottery. Bro, bro all gets like the ponchos and blank, you know. I got shit on at Uncle Peckerhead. Yeah. <laughs> you get a t-shirt when you walk out. Yeah. So, uh. Matt, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. I understand because like uh, I know sometimes when like you're starting to try to get stuff in motion, you can't really talk about it. But do you have anything coming up that you're working on that you can talk about that uh, you'd like to mention? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a few things. Um, not, I mean, if if anybody that listens to your podcast has any money, we're still we're still looking for that. But uh, I I've been writing scripts like before Peckerhead. I, I, I had a couple of scripts since Peckerhead uh, finished mm. uh, production. I've written a few. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's basically like it, there's there's these two projects I'm trying to get off the ground. Um, one is like a meta horror comedy about a final girl that's stuck in like a slasher movie matrix. Um, And it's basically like, I created this, this world where it's kind of like a Beowulf and Grendel thing where one, one of the stories is told from the final girl's point of view. And then the other story is told from the, the, like the killer's point of view. Yeah. Um, So I kind of have these two, one, I mean, I'd love to make either a film or a series out of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get stuff made. Uh, I'm hoping that now the, that the world is starting to open up a little bit, yeah. that we'll be able to do that. I mean, I, I would really, I mean, truly love to make a Peckerhead series, or I have like a, a treatment that I've written out for Peckerhead too. So whether mm. that, that comes in the form of a film or whether that would come in the form of being able to do a series, um, that would be like an absolute dream. Yeah. It's really about just trying to get, I mean, like what's been really great with with like, you know, podcasts like yours and and just people that have been reaching out via like social media is like that stuff counts. Like when people yeah. like talk about the movie 
or just like like you like you did like just post something and you just see like you can see how it kind of gains traction where then a few people comment and they're like oh i heard i saw that this is on amazon prime i'm gonna watch it this weekend yeah i mean like we have had like a it's it's kind of like this slow trickle but like we've basically just kind of slowly but surely inch by inch like like been able to kind of reach more people and it seems to have like it seems to like this story and and kind of these characters resonate with people um, so really like we're trying, I mean, I'll, I'll let Jeff talk, but like, we're trying to kind of continue to expand the dub world. Cause, uh, we like Jeff's doing an album of, of dub material and we have a, a web store where we're, where we have like kind of merchandise and stuff like that. Um, so like we hope to make more movies, but, but just kind of live out from there. Yeah. I mean, David's wearing some of the merch right now. Hell yeah. And that's at subtletrex.com that you can pick that stuff up. Right. Yeah. Hell Yeah. Is that your production company real quick before Jeff talks about the music? Yeah, that's 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 it's it's a production company that like uh, it's kind of like a collective of like my wife, Wiki, who did our production design and co-produced the movie and Jeff uh, and like like it really it's kind of like this traveling band of 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 like creators and misfits and actors like, oh, yeah. like Ryan and David and like a bunch of people are just kind of like what we want to do is continue to make movies and have kind of the same cast of characters and just bring in more people into the fold. Yeah. And, uh, so and he said, Jeff, you're working on uh, the Dell record. How's that coming? And, you know, what's your favorite part about working on that? Good. Well, I'm actually let's see. What is today? Today is the 17th. So I'm going in. Um, my friend Bill, uh, Bill Orander, shout out to him, who plays oh, yeah. in my other band, my real band. Um, but uh, yeah, we have a band together, and he played all the drums for the recording um, mm-hmm. of the of the songs from the movie. My friend Augusta Koch, who plays in a band called Gladdy, oh. um, she did the singing voice for Judy <clears throat> for the movie. So basically, uh, Bill and I are about to go into the studio on the 23rd, 23rd, 24th. Oh, yeah. uh, and start tracking for the for the dog record so yeah. really really excited about that and yeah i don't know um the goal is to kind of piece all that together and then um and then press it press like actual lps yeah um, because you know the movie has like i think like six songs something like that in it and so we decided to and some of them are full songs some of them you know you only hear 15 seconds in the movie or something yeah, but yeah. what we did was we turned all of those into real full songs with lyrics and, you know, full thought out songs. Mm. And then we actually wrote um, a few more to round out a record. Uh, so we're pressing like a full 10 or 11 song like LP on vinyl. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. The songs rip. Uh, they <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if 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 you or if anybody liked uh, the music in the movie, I mean, Jeff has gone above and beyond. Um, yeah. Jeff and and Augusta and Bill, I mean, they've they've really kind of they've thrown the gauntlet. Yeah, and I really enjoy Five Hundred Bucks as well. Is that the band that you're talking Thanks. about that he plays drum drums in? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that's our that's our band. So um, oh, yeah. yeah, we actually just we recorded a full record for that too. So I'm in the process of just getting the mixes finalized and sending them off to master and then, you know, trying to press that thing as well. Oh yeah. And, and then your two records coming out this year. Yeah. And then you just dropped uh, your acoustic one, right? If I'm not mistaken, it was pretty recent. Um, actually, no, you know, I, that just turned five years old. Oh shit. My bad. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, I had like a, I did a little like celebratory five year anniversary thing. For yeah. I, I played some shows uh played some shows played some songs uh, yeah. on the inter- on the internet the other day and then uh 
No, I, I have some um, some LPs of that. So I put that, those up in like the 500 bucks, like Bandcamp web store thing. So yeah, oh, yeah, those are out there. They're out there in the world. Yeah, that's uh, that album's awesome as well, of course, which uh, Thanks, it's, you, you know, it's acoustic. So if you're uh, out there and you don't like acoustic music, then don't listen to it. Be a dick about it. <laughs> yeah, dude, just you know what word? Buy it. Better yet, buy it and set it on fire. Yeah. After you buy it, <laughs> buy that evil music. <laughs> stick it to the man <laughs> yeah dude stick it to the man but uh so we can move on to uh unless there's anything else uh left you guys would like to mention about uncle peckerhead before we move on we can uh talk a little bit about you know just what kind of music you guys are into and then you know what some of your favorite horror movies are sure yeah can I say one thing real quick before we move on go ahead Put this out it's my my new candle my gardenia candle <laughs> <laughs> So I'm so I'm sad, dude. I have so many good candles I got recently. Anyway, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. About that. Not sponsored, but Gardenia, no. if you're listening, no, please brought don't. to you yeah. by Wixen Sticks. Yeah, I I won't tell you where I got it from, but let's just say uh, I know a guy named Thomas John Maxwell. Say <laughs> so you could always pull a. Uh... Gwyneth Paltrow and make a candle that smells like your butthole. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> I sure could. Instead of goop, it's poop. <laughs> I think that's what she called her candle was goop, which is already a weird name for a candle. But, well, but... you know what? I'll save some of that for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Peckerhead too. The goop returns. Yeah, speaker <laughs> the goop. Yeah. so uh you know we can start with you matt just uh if you want to just kind of you know talk about you know what some of your favorite bands are you know and if you know growing up you had some different ones you know because sometimes if you're like me you're just you know you grew up on shittier music than you listen to now oh no i mean i still listen to the shitty music i grew up on uh so i still listen to it it's just now i, I realize it's shitty yeah no, i mean I pretty much have the, like we listen to the same bands. <laughs> no no i know i, I <laughs> i'm gonna like try and like leave you a few jeff so we're, we don't have too much overlap but okay. yeah break. yeah i mean when i was growing up i think like some of my uh like just the music that kind of broke it open yeah. was you know when it came to like the first records that i felt like i owned um or like were mine um like Nirvana's Nevermind was like such a kind of trans for I think for a bunch of people my age where it was such a transformational record of oh, being yeah. both such like a like a like a pop like a pop record but such like a fucking like loud raucous like like kind of like straddling these two worlds of, of what I love yeah um as far as like you know peckerhead centric like the, the the album that got me into punk music was punk and drublet I remember my friend Bill Bradley like like had me come into his room like it was a secret or something that we couldn't play and i remember when he played linoleum i remember like i stole his tape to like take home and listen to <laughs> um so that was like such a transformational record like now it's it's odd because like during the pandemic i actually like revisited a lot of the records that i like really like started listening to when i first started having my own music so i like i listen like i've been listening to like a ton of nirvana ton of Soundgarden, like kind of like uh, that era of, uh, of uh, whatever you call it, grunge or like alternative rock music. Yeah. But I mean, the Beastie Boys were are probably like my favorite, like one of my favorites, if not my favorite group, um, just because I feel that they're so kind of, you can't define them. And I feel that they've had, they've kind of like reinvented, I hate using that verb, but reinvented themselves so many times in so many kind of like interesting ways. And they kind of have survived decades of like, 
like you know when like you said tim like when you look back and you're like oh my god i can't believe i listened to that shit yeah they're like a band that like i think i appreciate more now i appreciate now more than ever um just because like it fucking holds up like i mean everything that they've done holds up in such a in such like a powerful way and i just like I mean, my brother got me this Spike Jones photography book of the Beastie Boys, and there's essays from all of them. Oh, and I swear man. to God, I was reading it a couple of days ago and fucking crying. It's like they're <laughs> they're like beautiful, right? They write beautifully too, like just like writing essays. Yeah. Um, so it's just a band that you're just like, I can't. The amount of musical talent and like the ability to the to the written word, the way in which they're playful in their lyrics and then playful in their own like writing of essays, I can't fucking get over it. Yeah. with that band um but i'd say that like yeah i mean right now like i've been listening to bc boys i mean new hip-hop i'm like it's not new r.i.p but mac miller i've been like obsessing with like you know uh like three or four of his records yeah um yeah i mean and then there's like i mean I, i'll but like the dirty nil um is like a, a a newer kind of punk like rock ish like kind of stadium rock band that I, i'm loving on but those are those are bands but i mean dude like Music is just always playing in our house. Um, yeah. So it's like those that doesn't even scratch the surface of the shit that that I love on. Oh, yeah. And uh, what about you, Jeff, since uh, you guys are pretty similar? In- Here's what I, I'll say about that, too. I think um, a way that, you know, I've, I've always I've grown up listening to punk rock music. Right. And, yeah. and I still do. I love I love it. Um, it's like in my DNA. But and there I've me and Matt have had this conversation, too. I've sort of when I was younger, you almost get not i'm sure not everybody but some some of us i feel like we're almost indoctrinated by punk in a way too to where like you felt like bad about liking even music that you grew up on so like when you were touching on like how oh, music i listened to when i was younger and shittier here's my philosophy on that there's no such thing as guilty pleasures in this life only pleasures yeah so fucking like what you like and fuck everybody else who fuck you know what i mean who hates like like, I mean, I, I still listen to, I love punk music, like bands like The Nil, like, like Matt was saying, um, like White Reaper, um, fucking Mannequin Pussy, Spirit of the Beehive, um, and like bands like that, like newer, more contemporary punk bands, um, and then older bands that I grew up listening to. Um, and honestly, man, I've been kind of going back to getting like a, a bit nostalgic and I I absolutely am a sucker for and love just like 90s alternative rock. Like fucking yeah. honestly, like Counting Crows and fucking Oasis and shit like that. Like people would be like embarrassed to like whatever. I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just like there's so many times when people are like, what are your favorite bands? Like, what are you listening to? Like, I will blank, forget, and they'll go downstairs and be like, I just bought like fucking two Hold Steady records that are like my favorite records from 10 years ago. I'm like, yeah. Fucking say that, but I did. I just got a couple of new, new old Hold Steady records, and you know, uh, there's this band from Santa Rosa, California, that I just discovered and got into called Decent Criminal. They're oh, great, yeah. and uh, I want to play a show with them uh, when cool. comes back. So yeah, I don't know. It's always changing. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. Let's make it happen. If you're listening, Decent Criminal, I'll I'll send them this episode. <laughs> I want to play a show with you guys. Hell yeah! Or uh, even one better, collab with them. Right? What kind of uh? Or would they not be that style of music? Or I don't know. I don't. I. I mean, no. They. I. I think we'd be very complimentary towards each other. I don't know oh, yeah. if they would uh, talk to me. <laughs> I just discovered them, but they're great. So hell yeah, listening. You guys are rad. Hell yeah. And what about uh, you, Dave? What kind of music are you into and stuff like that? 
Uh, I'm the outlier here. Uh, <clears throat> like I grew up listening to, to like pure pop, but mm-hmm. I also grew up like in a golden age where pop was kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, and I love pop music too. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. I'm such a sucker for pop music, man. But uh, probably favorite band of all time is The Clash. Hell yeah. Um, uh, can still do an afternoon of like blur and all that kind of nineties, uh, stuff. Um, pulp, oh, yeah. uh, shit like that. And then I guess, I guess it's kind of the, the main through line is kind of art rock kind of stuff like mm-hmm. talking heads or, um, Tame Impala, uh, shit like that. Hell yeah. No, I definitely uh, feel you on that stuff. I'm going to see that's the stuff. Uh, I've actually hit some of those like 90s bands up to be on the show. Just have her back from them or nothing. Like, should I hit up some of the guys from Everclear? Like, there's a big. Oh, fucking love. Big yeah, one. Everclear, yes. Yeah, like those dudes. Fuck I've uh, and fucking so much for the afterglow. Come on. Oh, yeah. And then like uh, Better Than Ezra. Like, I was a big fan of them in the, uh, you know, coming up and stuff like that. But yeah, that's uh, that's one thing is even though I said, you know, like shitty music. I'm never embarrassed what I listen to. It's just yeah. when uh, you grow up, like I grew up in a real small town, so I didn't even find like hardcore till after high school, like in punk rock. Like Dude, my I, yeah. my exposure to punk was like Tony Hawk pro skater. So it was like but that's what that, that's the beauty about that stuff because yeah. like, it exposes you to that, and then you find it, and then you you're it's almost like discovering treasure. You're like, oh my Dude. god, like what what have I been missing? Like I grew up in a small town too, so I mean, same. It was it's like it's hard to come by you like follow like little breadcrumbs yeah i just mean like i uh like in high school some of my favorite bands were like i listened to a fucking like a band like a skylight drive and uh mm-hmm. like i would even listen to i set my friends on fire but nowadays i would never call those bands like favorites but should i'll throw them on as a guilty pleasure but, every now and then i don't uh, other things or whatever you know and i yeah. mean like i said dude no guilty pleasures yeah like, like. but uh so uh and we can go with horror movies and this time we'll start with you, Dave, and work our way back. We'll kind of do the old snake uh, thing or whatever, but uh, what's some of your favorite horror movies? And you, you can say, if you have like a favorite of all time, you can start with that and then just kind of shoot off a couple like that you. Like I mean, my favorite, my, my favorite of all time is kind of goes back and forth between Psycho and okay. uh, Le Diab- Diabolique which is the, it's been remade like a million times, uh, but it, it feels like <clears throat> it's a French film and it just feels like it's been borrowed from for the last like 50 years. Uh, it was yeah. made right before Psycho and it's on uh, Criterion right now, I think. Uh, oh no, it's on Amazon Prime right oh, yeah. now. So if you haven't seen it, watch it, it's amazing. But stuff that I've liked recently, um, it follows. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, I love uh, The Witch, and probably my most favorite recent-ish is uh, Kill List by Ben Wheatley. Hell yeah, yeah. I I fucking love that movie. Yeah. I was gonna say, dude, that I, that movie is great. I'm like, fucking Kill love Kill that Kill movie. movie. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. That. It's so good. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, dude, like the end of that you're uh, was just the first i mean that see that's one of those movies too where like you ever wish you could go watch a movie again for the first time and like oh. not know like because you're just yeah that's one of those ones you like know the ending but you're like fuck like you try you kind of get lost in it and forget yeah. and by the time it comes back around again you're like oh shit you know i don't rewatch movies very often but I, i've seen that a few times and every time they're in the tunnel yeah and they're trying to get it, it's it feels like 
it's the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. I feel like a movie that's in that vein too. Again, I don't know if that's a horror movie, if it's a horror movie, but uh, the original Funny Games. Oh yeah, yeah. That's another just great psychological. I'm, I, you know, these guys are the real horror buffs. I kind of like more like movies like psychological thrillers like that. I guess like in recent times, I mean. Obviously, the classic. I know this is going to sound so fucking cliche, but The Exorcist. I think maybe one of the best horror movies of all time. It's really yeah. hard to top that. Like um, uh, a movie that I that I particularly enjoyed. Like recently, I, I really liked Hereditary. I, I did Fuck like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Funny Games, dude. There's this other movie in the same vein that I don't know. I've never. I don't know if anybody that I know has seen it. Uh, it's not like super obscure, but. Um, is have any of you guys seen that movie 13 Sins? Mm-mm. It's fucking dude. I it's like kind of I no one I've has ever heard of it, but it's it's very much in the same vein of like uh of like funny games or or uh what did we just say? Kill list. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much along those lines. And you literally I like movies that where you get like stressed out watching and you're like, yeah. oh I feel sick. I like, yeah. So I don't know. Thirteen Sins. If you haven't seen it, it's great. Hell yeah! And what about you, Matt? I mean, I like I love everything from like like camp to kind of like <clears throat> more of like arty horror. So like, I mean, I love stuff like Sleepaway Camp or Night of the Creeps. Um, like the Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, you know, it, most of the Friday the Thirteenth movies I love. Yeah. Um, but then I love like Suspiria and like a lot of the Giallo stuff, like all the Colors of the Dark. Oh yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like. I, I love it. Like, I'm kind of like David, like I'll, I'll watch and try and find something to love on like every horror movie I watch. Uh, yeah. As far as like newer stuff that I've watched that I've really liked. I really like Possessor. Um, Fuck yeah. 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 I mean, Possessor, I was really kind of taken by. That's the last one I saw that I was just like, like that kind of knocked me on my butt in a good yeah. way. I uh, like Vigil a lot. Which one's Vigil? The Vigil is the guy, uh, the Orthodox He's just left the Orthodox Church and he has to sit uh, with a dead body overnight. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, dude. I know. I got to I got to see it. I got to watch it. Yeah, it's on my watch list, too. It's pretty new. But uh, yeah, it's, I believe it's, so. it's really well done. Yeah, it's not reinventing anything, but it just hits all the elements in kind of the right way. Yeah. Hell yeah. Now, I saw uh, St. Maud recently. I don't know if you guys have seen that. That was pretty good. But yeah, uh, yeah. Unlike Uncle Peckerhead, it wouldn't have shot under my top 10 of 120. So. It's a slow burn. Unlike, yeah. Pecker, unlike Peckerhead, it's a slow burn. Yeah. I will say Possessor probably would still be my number one, but I think Peckerhead probably would have taken number two uh, for me. because That's number, rad. That's amazing. My number yeah. two was His House, which is an excellent movie, but it's uh, it just doesn't yeah. have the rewatch for me that Uncle Peckerhead has. So Yeah, but still, His House is great, too. I mean, yeah. there... Like I, I, I've been surprised at how kind of lucky we've been during the pandemic to watch so many great like new releases. Yeah, um, there's been like a bunch of really great stuff. Hell yeah! Now, I think when I was doing my list, I counted and I'd watched 27 new horror movies last year, and like I'd missed so many things. Like you know, I just wow. saw Uncle Peckerhead in 2021, and then uh, Saint Maud. I didn't. Well, I think Saint Maud didn't drop till 2021, but uh, like I didn't see. I still haven't seen The Relic. I still haven't seen a, you know a couple of the bigger name ones that came out last year. So, but yeah. um. So to kind of uh, finish up the show, I have like a hypothetical question for each of you, because usually, I, you know, I just ask my guests a couple of different ones. So I'll just ask each of you one. So we'll start with Dave. And so since you play Uncle Peckerhead, who, you know, 
as far as going forward, you know, when somebody makes a like a March Madness bracket for horror, you know, he'll be right up there with Dracula and Candyman <laughs> and Freddy Krueger. If they ever made a remake of a horror movie and you got to play uh, the lead role of like a famous horror, you know, like monster or uh, villain, who would you want to play? That's a great fucking question. Really question. Uh, um, I don't know, like maybe, maybe Krueger. Oh, yeah. He just has... He just has a good fucking time, you know? Um, (laughs) He has a good time and it's real mayhem and it's like, he gets in it, you know? Uh, Yeah. So maybe maybe him. I'm going to keep thinking about it while these other guys, and if anything else pops up. Now, Cooper's one of my favorites, but, and I could see the, uh, like you said, you kind of fit the the quirkiness of Uncle Peckerhead fits with Freddy Krueger, which is what yeah, they were yeah, lacking yeah. in the remake. So. Yeah, he has a sense of humor, that guy, while he's killing people. <laughs> David, I would pay anything to see you as Freddy Krueger. <laughs> uh... Right on. <laughs> Get the makeup crew back together. <laughs> but uh, so and then, uh, Jeff, you know, if. 500 bucks with the new album coming out and everything. If somebody approached you guys and said, you know, it could be Matt uh, since, you know, he's a director and everything. If he wanted to approach you and say, Hey, I want to direct a music video for you guys. And I want it to be a short film version of one of your favorite horror movies, which horror movie would you choose? And how would you make it into a music video? That's actually a great. So, okay. So I'm just trying to get the parameters of the question. So it's like based on a horror movie. Like, yeah. Like- God damn, that could be that's that could be so many different things. You could do like you could do such a like a funny, campy kind mm. of thing. I mean, honestly, you could do like an Uncle Pepperhead music video. Hell that's yeah. Like very much like uh, and so uh that would be the easiest for me because I would be uh I was in one. I was in that movie. Uh but I don't know, man. Like if you went like a serious route to like something, honestly, like especially aesthetically, maybe. I don't I don't know if it would be too like whatever but man I don't know something maybe even like Antichrist Hell yeah! and you just you know you had like that fox it's just like chaos rings like just weird <laughs> yeah, like I would say maybe something along those lines yeah. can I can I offer a suggestion yeah please I've got, I've got three I've got three suggestions because I, I also agree these have been this, is this are you offering your services? To- I, I, I am. And I've got, I've got three Dang. different, three different approaches, Jeff, right? We could go like a street trash type of thing of like a grimy kind of city, like city kind of sludgy, like, like oh. real visceral look, right? So have to go right down the block. For yeah, I know. I know because, <laughs> yeah. because we live in Philadelphia. So you yeah. can go street trash. You could go, we could go giallo and do just like, you know, oh. like, beautiful light and color and I just kind of like rad. yeah like a put upon damsel type thing or we could do something like uh something from like old universal horror so like we could do like whether it's like a creature from the black lagoon or just something of like a like we could do like black and white super high contrast like just kind of playing with l- like how light hits water stuff like Dude, that hey, you know what matt <laughs> Let's chat. Yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> chat. Uh, well, I think you may have uh, you may have spawned something here. Yeah. Hey, hell yeah. Just give me a uh, executive producer credit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's cool. You know, uh, we'll we'll get a budget together and see how much we can. Uh, you can just write up a check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, so and my final question is uh, well, it's not my final question yet. I have one more uh, group, big group question, but uh. Matt, so my question for you is if you could be the director of a remake 
of any horror movie, which horror movie would you want to remake? And uh, you can write it too if you want, of course. I mean, I would do Friday the 13th. I, I actually oh, yeah. have an idea if, if they, if I was ever to be allowed to take a, like an already existing property, yeah. um, I, I have an idea. It wouldn't be so much, it would be like a mixture of a remake and, uh, and like a new kind of telling of, of this, of a story that's familiar. Yeah. Um, but I, I love camp and just kind of really lean in, like even like double down on the camp. Yeah. Um, but Sleepaway Camp kind of worries me because I think it's so kind of perfect and I don't think I'd be able to recreate it. I would just do a different take on camp yeah. um, or a different kind of approach to that campiness. But Friday the 13th, I would love. I have like I have an idea of what the fucking trailer would look like. I would it would be a dream. Oh, yeah. Do you want to say what your idea would be or do you want to hold that one in just in case? I'm going to I'm going to hold those cards close to my chest yeah, and just property. will into the universe, <laughs> will into the universe. Hopefully somebody at. Universal or Paramount, somebody hears me. When Matt was talking about uh, his sort of his Beowulf, I like take. I was just wondering if I could uh, audition for the role of hunting at the <laughs> Beowulf sword. Absolutely, brother. Great, got it. Great. It's <laughs> only if you do full frontal. <laughs> We've discussed it. We've discussed it. Believe it or not. No, yeah. So, and I was going to say, actually, I've had a pretty good idea for a uh, Friday the 13th movie as well. Uh, and I'll spit it out. And if it's somehow similar to your idea, just tell me and I'll delete it. So that way, <laughs> we won't tell you. They, uh, so in the first movie, there's a scene where the uh, fake final girl gets picked up and she's like being taken out, you know, to Camp Blood or whatever. And they, uh, the truck driver like drops her off before she gets picked up in the Jeep, you know, by Pamela Voorhees and killed. Well, when he's taking her, he's like telling her, you know, uh, all these things that happened to the camp over the years after Jason died that like kept him closing down. So I always thought it would be a cool movie to kind of see those things happen over time, like seeing the mom, like her progression of craziness and then it, it ending with her, like, you know, how some slasher movies like actually just have like the slasher part at the, like the last 20 minutes. Like you could compact the first Friday the 13th movie into the last 20 minutes because it's just, a you know, it's a slasher movie. Yeah, that's then, actually a great idea. Yeah, I just thought it was something different, but it's yeah. also like pulled from the uh, story itself. So, but. yeah, yeah, that's a great idea, Tim. That's that's not my idea. So, so write that up. Yeah, <laughs> it's that. I can't believe there's never been a prequel. We've had him in space, yeah, but no prequel. Yeah, we had him on a boat when they said he was going to Manhattan, but we haven't. <laughs> had him in but uh. So my final question for you guys is, and uh, if you all can participate in one, that's cool. But if you all have a couple different ones, uh, but amongst yourselves, then we'll just, you know, take turns telling them. But uh, do you guys have any horror stories of your own? And they can be from either, you know, filming the movie all together and something going wrong or even just something scary as shit that happens to you on your own. And if you believe in the paranormal, you can tell a story uh, of that nature as well. My whole oh, fucking, man, this is good. Uh, fucking horror story. Jesus Christ. What would you say? my whole fucking life's a horror story oh, yeah, right now contagion is yeah uh paranormal i don't i mean i saw well whatever uh, all right I, I have a quick one maybe a better one will come to me but i i'm just i'm just trying to think of like a horror movie premise that actually happened to me mm. one time uh i went to go shoot a documentary on the world beard and mustache championships and we had the great idea of driving from Portland, Oregon, which is where like one of the, it was four people on crew. Yeah. Um, and so we were going to drive from Portland to Anchorage, Alaska. So basically you have to go 
all the way up through the west coast of Canada. So like through British Columbia, the Yukon Territory, all of that, and then back down through Alaska to get to Anchorage. So it's like, I forget what it is, but it's something crazy, like like 36 hours straight or something like that. And, and as and people might be familiar with this, but as you're getting more and more into kind of the rural parts of uh, of Canada, mm-hmm. like it, it would be that thing of like no rest stop for the next 75 miles. Right. And if you go to that rest stop, there's like nothing to eat and it's just gas station. So I remember and there's also no lights on the road and there's like moose and like and uh, not buffalo. But what is it? Uh, I forget. Yeah. Like all of these huge animals. So you're not supposed to drive at night. And I remember we were we were driving and we thought we could make it through to get to like Yellowknife or somewhere in the Yukon territory. This is us driving back. Yeah, we're driving back through uh, like this, like just like desolate kind of sad, cold uh, part of like northern, like the northern continent continent of north america or canada or canada yeah and um like dude we're losing light and we're just like freaking out like are we just gonna have to pull over to the side what the fuck are we gonna do so we're dry we're like speeding right and we start to see more animals kind of like coming out <laughs> and they're like and we're just like we are so fucked so we see this little like it's like a little log cabin with like um Anyway, like we were, we didn't know if it was like a hotel or somebody's house or whatever, but it seemed like empty. Right. Mm. So we just like, we're like, fuck it. Let's just like pull over here and just sleep in the car for like, you know, four hours. Cause like it was, uh, there was a lot of daylight. So we go and we sleep and like an hour into our sleep, we're all woken up by just this loud blaring horn and our, our entire, it's still dark our entire car it's this like little compact car is like filled with light because there's this fucking like like 18 wheeler shining their beams into our car right just like beeping at us like also pulled over to the side and like there's four of us like like and again you're just coming out of your slumber yeah and we're just like what the fuck what the fuck do we do like who's gonna go out and like do we get out do we get out we can't like should we just pull should we just like pull like away what the fuck should we do we're like screaming at each other freaking out finally one of my buddies dave gets out like walks up just to be like what's the deal I guess it was like a filling pump or a filling station. And we were parked right in front of this oh, fence God. that this guy needed to unlock. The <laughs> thing. <laughs> but the it was luck. like, dude, it was something where we were just like, we are going to die out in this fucking stretch of the Yukon territory. Yeah. But, yeah. Like Joyride when that. Uh, yeah. no, dude, that's, I thought auto, I immediately thought of Joyride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw this video the other day where this like girl is just like sitting in her her driver's seat talking to her friend. They're like on their phone, like filming stuff. And this kind of creepy looking guy is knocking on their window. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, what do you want? And he's just like, hey, hey. And they're like, ew, what the fuck? And dude, they finally like roll their window down. They're like, what? And he's like, you know, your gas is overflowing. <laughs> and it's just like a hundred dollars on the pump. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Go out, the gas is just fucking everywhere. <laughs> That's uh, crazy. What about you, Dave? Do you got any uh, horror stories? Or yeah, I don't think so. I, I was convinced uh, when I was a kid. We, uh, I grew up in Texas, and we used to ski uh, in Colorado uh, a couple times every winter. We had a place in Crested Butte, and we would drive. And I remember one time having my head back like that, uh, looking through the rear window, just straight up. And uh, at night, I mean, you could just see a zillion stars. And, and I'm, 
I was convinced at the time, I, I'm not any longer, but that I saw a flying saucer, that I just saw a ring of lights that was just like too perfect not to be stars. Yeah. And that it just went straight up. I don't know. I thought you got abducted, dude. Uh, <laughs> you froze for a second. You said it went straight up and then uh, you froze for and, a second. And then just disappeared. And I, okay. I didn't tell anybody because I was too scared. I thought they would make fun of me. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's about the closest to the paranormal. Besides knowing uh, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, as I as I come. So. Uh, yeah, I you know I'm I'm pretty uh, paranormal. Just, <laughs> just radiate um, uh, ghost. I absolutely saw a fucking UFO with a friend one time, and it was it was right there. We both of us were 100 percent sober, and uh, it, I will never forget. We still talk about it to this day. We we don't really tell anybody because you know whatever. But uh, I was visiting him in uh, South Carolina one time. I went over to actually check out his new house. We were hanging out in the backyard, like eating tacos or like eating dinner. And, uh, and this fucking helicopter, this like military black, like Apache helicopter with nothing on it. Dude, I've never seen a helicopter fly so fucking low. And man, it was like, I were in like a suburban neighborhood and it was flying so low to the house, the fucking windows and like pictures were rattling on the wall. Oh. And, uh, and, and it wasn't going very far. It was doing a very tight pattern around his like right over his house. And uh, this was like right, right around nighttime, like when it was getting dark and we were like, what the fuck, man, this is crazy. So we went, we went inside for a little bit and I mean, it just kept happening. And I would say the pattern was so tight, probably once a minute, once it counts to 60 and every fucking minute, this thing would fly over the house. Yeah. And uh, to the point to where I was like, dude, Sam, are you like in trouble, man? And I was like, is something fucked up, man? And he's like, no, like, absolutely not. Well, we, we just went out and sat, like, I, I was so, like, freaked out. I was sitting in his house. I was, like, kind of scared to go in the backyard. And I was like, dude, like, what is going on? And I was like, we didn't do anything fucking wrong. Like, let's go sit outside and, like, look at this helicopter. Well, we're sitting in the backyard. He went out to his truck out front for something. And I see this fucking light up the whole, like, it almost lit up the whole backyard. And he comes running it. He's like, did you see that? And I was like, what? And he's like, the, the helicopter fucking got me with the spot. They like shined it on me while I was in my truck. And, uh, and I was like, wow. So they flew over again. They fucking blasted both of us in the backyard, like with the, with the spotlight. And we were like, dude, this is fucking crazy. And we just, I mean, we just sat there watching it. Well, it was doing, and then it was like shining it on the ground. And then it fucking started just shining it straight out. And I'm saying this helicopter flew over the house for hours, like four hours. And we sat out there wow. and watched it. And it was so fucking low the whole time. I was like, how come that no one else is outside? Like we went out front, like no other neighbors were outside. I was like, this is in, I was like, I've never seen this happen. And it's shining it in front of the helicopter. And I, I we were just at this point, we we're like, it's fucking looking for something. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if it's looking for something in the sky, you'd think it would turn the light off because it'd be looking with like infrared or something. Not that long after that, it turns the fucking light off and it is just flying around pitch fucking black. No lights on in circles. And again, it did it for so long. We just went, fuck this, man. We went inside the house. Yeah. And we were inside the house for like maybe an another hour and it just kept doing it. And as soon as the sound went away, we we're like, dude, the helicopter stopped. 
So we walked back out his back door, his back door. And I swear to God, I'll never forget this. I just was looking straight up when I walked out the door and we got in his backyard and I'd say it was probably like, uh, maybe a 60 to 80 foot thing. And it wasn't very high in the air. It's probably not much higher than the helicopter. I'd say maybe between like 500 and a thousand feet. Yeah. And I mean, if you weren't looking at that exact moment, that exact spot, you would have never seen it. It was completely silent. And it was like three, it was just three, uh, you know, a triangle shaped thing, three lights. And the best way I can describe it is it looked like if you had a light behind a very, like a dirty mirror, you barely see them, but you can see them. And you know, when you see heat waves, Mm. like the, that's what it looked like. Um, And it was completely silent and it flew directly over us and it wasn't going fast. It was just cruising like the same speed that the helicopter was flying. And I mean, I was like, Sam, and like, I was like, do you see it? Like we both, and he found it. And I was like, I was like, dude, please tell me you're fucking looking at this. And we like just described it to each other. And we we're like, just silently watch this thing go out of, out of sight directly overhead. Not two minutes later, that fucking helicopter came right back and started doing the same thing for the rest of the night. Yeah. I stayed there. I went to sleep there and yeah, it's fucking nuts. <laughs> It was fucking crazy. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that it was a, you know, an extraterrestrial craft. We were pretty close to uh, like a like a like an Air Force base, Naval Weapons Station, actually. But that shit was crazy. Yeah, and we saw it for sure. They were so. definitely testing something. They told us about if they want yeah. extraterrestrial craft. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Well, Matt. Uh, so before I let you guys go, Matt, you didn't. I, I know you said you wanted to think if uh, you had another one. Did you have another one? I know you told one, but you said uh, if you thought about another one. No, I don't want to. I can't top Jeff. Right. <laughs> that story's fucking crazy. That's oh, a yeah. story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, I appreciate you guys for coming on. Uh, if you guys kind of want to take turns uh, and we can start with Jeff and uh, we'll go Jeff, David, Matt. If you guys kind of just want to you know, tell people where to find you and let them know, you know what they can look forward to uh, as far as what you're working on. Yeah, I am. I'm on the Instagram. Uh, this is hell. I'm in hell. On Instagram, um, yeah, my, my, I'm in a band called 500 Bucks. So just 500 Bucks at Bandcamp.com or any of that stuff. Spotify, you can find all that good stuff there. Oh, yeah. And I'm on Instagram, uh, Dave Litt. And on Twitter, uh, I'm on uh, Big Fat Dave 4, I think. I'm the fourth fattest Dave, I guess. <laughs> um, Got to move on up, man. I mean... <laughs> Upcoming projects include a trip to the grocery store a little later. Yeah, I mean, everything's been shut down, so I'm pretty free and open. So if anybody knows of a gig, let me know. Oh, yeah. And you put uh, Uncle Peckerhead on Cameo, man. Yeah, fuck yeah. Guys, there is light at the end of the tunnel. I got my Fauci ouchie the other day. So going back April 7th. Right on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was great to have that plug from before. So I would just say Subtle T-Rex uh, just to read about upcoming projects. And it, it like links you to like all the important stuff. But on social media, I am Young Bull on Twitter and Kid Dynamat on Instagram. Um, but I do want to echo uh, that David is the one of the best people I've ever collaborated with and worked 
uh, with on a project. So I, I, I have no doubt when stuff opens up, he's going to enjoy an illustrious career as a, as a thespian in, in hopefully not just horror. Cause I think David can bring it wherever. And same thing with Jeff is uh, like both with uh, 500 bucks and the album, they fucking rule. And Jeff is one of the, the best people I've, I've also ever worked with. So I know good things are going to come once the world returns to normal for these two, for these two. All children. around. Oh yeah. All around. No, I appreciate I appreciate you guys, and I'll uh, definitely make sure to link subtletyrex.com in the you know bio as well as the Bandcamp for five hundred bucks, so that way people can check it out. And uh, if there's anything else you guys want me to link, just send it my way. But now I appreciate you guys for coming on, and I hope you guys have a good uh, rest of your week slash weekend. Dude, thanks so much, man. This is a lot it was of a pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, Tim, we do, we do want to also uh, thank you and uh, and the the podcast horror flicks and guitar picks because. Uh, really like it's, it's support and love from, from people who actually genuinely love horror movies, um, and, and great music and also ask like really fucking fun questions that make this worthwhile. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Thanks, man. Oh yeah, guys. Of course. Uh, I enjoyed it myself and, uh, I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. You too. Take it easy. Thank you. Bye guys. Bye. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week as my guest is going to be the one and only Vinny Caruana of the band's The Movie Life. I am the Avalanche, peaced out, and constant elevation. So make sure you check back next week for that. Don't forget that the Patreon is fully up and launched if you want to go support. I appreciate it a ton. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Go check out Loudmouth Thread to do this awesome original podcast artwork and stay safe.